Radiodrome. We're coming up on our one year of Radiodrome since this is episode 48. Yay! So old. And we're getting canceled in three, two... <laughs> screw you, our ratings go up every month. <laughs> so screw that getting canceled... We've got the best show since Hello, Larry. <laughs> uh, let's see, that one was what? Uh, that, was, that was two seasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got something really interesting planned for our one-year anniversary show, which will be right after New Year's, but we can't tell you what it is, because we'll, we'll see if we screw it up or not. So we'll, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. It's a surprise! <laughs> That's my jokey Smurf impression, <laughs> Do you know what's a real surprise? The thing you get at adamandeve.com when you use the promo code DROME. And if you do it right, it's a happy surprise. <laughs> Whoa! It's a happy surprise anyway. You know, it's like, you know, a little thing of Astroglide or, you know, a little cock ring or something. But also, there's the 50% off the single item you get. You get the three free DVDs and the free shipping, all for using the Hear promo that, code ladies, DROME. The items are single. <laughs> you're in a mood tonight, aren't you, Brad? <laughs> you're, you're a just... mood to talk about sex toys, yes. At adamandeve.com. Hell yeah. When you use the promo code Rome. There is something I, I want to get off my chest right away, something that's bothering me. It's not tonight's topic, and I we have not discussed this prior to the show, so I really do not know if Brad and Jared are going to come down on my side on this or not. But Brad and Jared come down on Josh's side. You know, that, if that was at adamandeve.com, that would the, the come down on Josh's side would kind of have a different meaning, wouldn't it? <laughs> Let's not go there. You know, if you guys do that, I, I better get some points out of the back end for that. <laughs> All right. You guys heard about Quentin Tarantino's new Django movie, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, Django Unchained. All right, now, I just watched Django again, the original 1966. Keep in mind, for those that don't know, Django is... Basically, the prototypical, you know, spaghetti western of spaghetti westerns. 1966, it was so violent, it was only released uncut in, I think, three countries. It had the highest body count of a movie ever up to that point. Of I love that movie. And there was only one official sequel, which was 1987's yeah. uh, The Return of Django, or for some reason the DVD just says Django 2 for some dumb reason. <laughs> nice. But there were about 30 unofficial sequels to yeah. Django. And in fact, Django was actually so popular in Germany, every single Western Franco Nero made was uh -oh. called Django in Germany. It was a yeah. Django film, even though that's not the name of his character. Yeah. Well, the thing that's irking me is Django was played by Franco Nero. In Tarantino's new movie, he's played by Jamie Foxx. And now this is not just another, oh, they cast a black actor in a white role. The character is now an escaped slave who's getting revenge on the plantation owner that used to own him. I've got to ask, see, how in the see, f*** is this the same character? Because I don't think it is the same character, and it's the reason why I don't care about this. I, I don't care that he's an escaped slave. I don't care that it's Jamie Foxx, because I'm not reading this that it's the same character. Tarantino there has said so it's many, the same there, character, there though. Are 30, what? Tarantino has said it's the same character. Well, then Tarantino is wrong. <laughs> then Tarantino is wrong because if he is, if he's an, this is more than just okay that that it's whoever play, playing the part. 
he's playing an escaped slave, blah, 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 right there. Honestly, I don't care what Tarantino says. This is a different character. And there are, there are what, 30 unofficial sequels of this thing, however many Django movies. At this point, I, I honestly can even look at this as an unofficial Django film, really. I don't care. I, I, I don't care that it's Jamie Foxx playing the character. I actually think... I actually think it sounds like an interesting movie, and that's an interesting yeah, take I on think, the Western. I think it sounds like a fine movie. I just wish he would not call it Django. If it's got nothing at all to do with the character or the other movies, then why why does he insist on calling the character so it's Django? Bad when Tarantino does it, but it's so it's bad when Tarantino does it, but it's okay when thirty plus other movies did that. No, I, I didn't like any of those either. To me, there are only there are only two Django it, movies. At this point, they've done it thirty times, so it's I, I I'm. I don't get the I don't get the point of getting my panties in a bundle about it. Hey, my panties are nice and ironed. They're not in a bundle. <laughs> All right, so you you don't you don't bash my panties, damn it. <laughs> but no, that just that really bothers me that it's supposed to be the same character and yet it's absolutely not the same character. I just wish Tarantino would call it a different character. I don't care. I don't care that he calls it Django. You can call it Django. That's fine. Um, and and plus, I, I whatever he says about the character, I, I don't care. I'm, I'm not look. I'm not even looking at this as the same character. All right. I, I, now I've never seen the original movie, so uh, uh, all I know is uh, all I know of it is what you just said, Josh. Okay. Uh, and and I, I mean, I, I have to kind of agree, with Josh, in that I, I know how it feels whenever somebody. Oops. Sorry. Let me turn my phone off. You uh, dink. I know how it feels whenever somebody takes a character and and just changes it so drastically that it's like, you know, at what point does it still uh, does it resemble the same character? This is a character that has 30 unofficial sequels to it. That's how I look at this Tarantino movie. It's just an unofficial film. That's how I look at it. This is not this is not like they're changing James Bond here for a movie. This is just another movie that is called Django, and I think I, that's fine with me. It, 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 it sounds like it'll be a decent movie. It does, because I mean, I actually think if anyone can pull off the Escape Slave Old West movie, I hate to say it because you know how much I bash Tarantino, but I think he's the guy that can probably pull that off. Yeah, I think it'll be a movie. I, I, I like Tarantino, so I'm looking forward to it. On another note, our, our, our friend in Serbia, Andrew, sent me something that you might find kind of funny, Brad. Yeah. He sent me the cover of the 1999 Serbian biology textbook. The cover? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I saw this. It's got, <laughs> it's got uh, Nick Cage and Holly Hunter on it from... Uh... Raising Arizona. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, just yeah, literally Arizona. a photoshopped image of them on the cover of this biology textbook in Serbia. I gotta start studying biology. I, I just I just wonder how many uh, well first of all how is biology involved in that because remember she's barren in the movie because it's not even her kid really right so, <laughs> yeah yeah well biology in Serbia is that you've got to go kidnap a quintuplet clearly <laughs> I, I still say the best line in that entire movie and by the I love raising Arizona that oh, is a too. that is an amazing movie but the best line what was he what was he wearing I don't know. Pajamas. What was on them? Yodas and shit. Yodas and shit. I just laugh so hard whenever I hear that. <laughs> That's a great movie. I, I do love that movie. It's very, and I'm not saying this insultingly towards the Coens, yeah. it very much feels like a Sam Raimi movie, though. 
Yeah, I, I see your. I, I see what you mean. Yeah, you know, because I mean, it, it, at the same time, you can tell it. You can tell it's a Coen Brothers movie, but I, 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 I know what you mean. Yeah, because there's a lot. Because for for people that don't realize, you know, because a lot of our audience is younger, we get a lot of emails about, "Wow, I did not know such and such about that film," because they just haven't been around or have as small of lives as we do to have seen all the films we have. Yeah, but for those that don't know, the Coen Brothers made a movie with Sam Raimi called Crime Wave or the uh, X- or the XYZ Murders in other countries. I've got that on VHS downstairs. I love that movie. I don't care what anybody says. Yes, there are parts that are I see I'm, I'm kind of with I'm kind of with you on that. Like I I watched it, I don't know, several years ago and I was like I've I've heard this is really bad, but I'm going to watch it anyway. I watched it and I I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, it got a little carried away towards the end, but other than that, I laughed quite a bit in the movie. I, I, I agree with the biggest complaint about the movie, which is something in Bruce Campbell's book he said was a problem all along. Yeah. They did not get to cast the lead. The studio cast the lead guy. That yeah, role was tell. written for Bruce Campbell, yeah. but he was no one at the time, so they would not let him take the lead role in a studio picture. Yeah, you can tell that that was obviously not a casting choice that they had. Even with that said, I mean, uh, Bruce Campbell was still really funny in the the part that he did have in the film. He had like three parts. He had a cameo as a TV newscaster, and he was like a a voice on the radio, too. He had multiple little cameos in that. Yeah. (laughs) I think think he was a producer on that, that's why. But but yeah, the Coens made that with Sam Raimi, and they were also editors on Evil Dead. So the the, the Coens, it's almost like they osmosed... Sam Raimi's style for raising Arizona. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> but personally, like I said, I think that's a great movie. I think it's a highly underrated movie. And I mean, we talk Nick Cage all the time, and I honestly think this is the first time we've ever brought up that movie, which is really strange. Raising Arizona, I would, I would put that in the t- my top ten favorite Nick Cage movies. Oh, easy, easy, uh, yeah, by by far. Yeah, because not only is his performance in that great, but oh, yeah. who, who plays the bounty hunter? Oh, that was uh, Tex, uh, uh, Randall Tex Cobb? Yeah, he, I mean, he. I would say he stole every scene he was in, except mm-hmm. then you've got William Forsythe and John Goodman stealing every scene that they're in. Yeah. You know, and then it's just, it has such an amazing cast, and the performances are just, they're so honest and yet cartoony at the same time, if that makes any sense. Yeah. These are great breakfast flakes, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard it called breakfast flakes before. <laughs> well, that's what I'm going to call them. Breakfast flakes. <laughs> o- only, only big mix, though. Yeah, <laughs> I'm part wild boar. Hey, that's my line. <laughs> <laughs> that's because I can't remember any of my lines. <laughs> oh, so so you're like Sam Peckinpah when he acts. When Sam Peckinpah acts. Yeah, the, um, like the last three movies he had cameos in. He yeah. couldn't remember his lines for any of them. And at one point in The Visitor, John Huston actually just went to the director and said, he's too far gone. He's Sam's gone. You know, I guess 30 years of being a drunk and a cokehead, I guess they do kill brain cells. Oh, hey, there was something I wanted to bring up to you. Uh, I was uh, looking at uh, I, I was looking at some different movies to do on, on the show. And uh, uh, I found some like B movie ripoff of Smokey and the Bandit. Anyway, one of the things that I came across that was put out fairly recently, or leaked recently anyway, onto YouTube, because we were talking about Smokey is the Bandit. Did somebody find footage of that? Well, they found the teaser trailer for it. Ooh. The teaser trailer, which doesn't show 
it doesn't show him as the bandit, but it shows him dressed uh, in his like kind of like patent gear, and he walks out and is talking to the audience and says that he's also going to be the bandit, and then it shows the title "Smokey is the Bandit." And there was also a picture that was released of Jackie Gleason dressed up like the bandit. See, I never saw the trailer for that movie. That's oh, yeah. one I well, never caught was, the trailer for. This is for. a teaser. It doesn't show any actual clips of him as the bandit, but it clearly shows that that's what the movie originally was, and that's what the original title was. And there's also a picture that was leaked out of him dressed like the bandit. So take that, Snopes.com. I was going to say, that at least confirms our contention that that movie really did exist in that format yeah. at some yeah. time. Mm-hmm. We don't know for how long, but at some time. Yeah, yeah. I also want to uh, pimp myself for a minute. I am now con- a contributor to geekjuice.com. I have a weekly column called Sanity is Razor Thin, and I'm now contributing to their trailer park feature once a week. Oh, nice. So I just, you know, people can go to geekjuice.com if they give a crap at all about reading my garbage. Did you, did you do any shopping today? No, I. the only time I've left the house was to let the dogs poop. Otherwise, I have not left my house today. <laughs> what happened to you guys? We were, so it, well, Jared was off at his at his family's place yesterday, and you got home at what, like eleven or something like that? Uh, more, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, he gets home more at like less. he gets home at like eleven o'clock at night. But I come upstairs and I'm like, dude, dude, you want to go to Best Buy and some places at like midnight? And you had driven by there. Yeah, on your I did. Way back. I did. We we drove by uh, as we got back into Springfield. Yeah. There was like a, a there was a fender bender on the uh, highway coming into Walmart as like line of cars were trying to get in, and there was this fender bender there. I forgot uh, to mention that uh, to you. You know, you did. Oh, okay. And, and then there was um, we drove down the street to Best Buy. Yeah. And there was a line of people that just went all the way down down the shopping center. So, you know, my girlfriend and I, we, we just left those places thinking, I'm glad we're not going to be there. <laughs> because those 15 places... 15 minutes later. <laughs> until, until Brad gets a wild idea in his head to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I come upstairs, I'm like, dude, you want to go... You want to go, man? You want to go? All right, we go there at midnight, and then the line will start moving because they'll start letting people in. Right. And uh, and and you got he, Jared kind of sat there and was like, "Screw it!" So we got up and we went there, and we got there at like midnight, and the line was wrapped like all the way around the building. Right. We went everywhere. to Best Buy first. Yeah, we went to Best Buy first. Line just wrapped all the way around the building. Right. And, and so, uh, but we got there at midnight, so they opened the doors, so uh, the line moved. At a, at, a, at a good pace, yeah. the line the line moved just fine. So we get in there, and our buddy uh, Brian Ir- Brian Irving, who's also on the site with us, was there as well. So we were just there looking at DVDs, and I ended up getting uh, they had ninety nine cent DVDs, Ooh. they had ninety nine cent DVDs, and like five dollar rays. So I got Saturday Night Fever on Blu ray. I got Miami Vice season two on DVD for ten bucks. Nice, yeah. Because uh, I was like, wait a minute, I haven't bought, I haven't rebought Vice since my copies were taken. So I, I, they only had season two, so I picked that up for ten bucks, and I went down to the pawn shop earlier and got season one. They had the Vice movie for ninety nine cents, so I got that. The I new got one? Walk- yeah, 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 yeah. They had that ninety nine cents. I picked that up. I picked up Casino Royale. I picked up uh, 
Hey, what else? Like Walk Hard, I think. Um, Which Casino Royale? Uh, the, the Daniel Craig. Okay. I think that was about all I got. Uh, I just got like a handful because uh, I mean a lot of the ones they had in there for ninety nine cents. I mean, they were, were ninety nine cents, so they weren't really. They were. I really. I got. I think the only good one. Few asylum movies in the ninety nine cent bin. Yeah, and honestly, if they were solo asylum movies, I would have been like, well, okay, but they were like three, like three movies to a disc or yeah. something like that. Like it was just cheap. Well, well, Brad, I got to ask you a question then. Mm. If they had been carrying paranoia and it was in the ninety nine cent bin, would you have been insulted? No, not at all. I'd have been. I'd have been happy. Henry Rollins tells that funny story about how when somebody recognized him at a Walmart once, he was all flattered until he realized every movie they were recognizing him from was from the $5 bin. Oh. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't have been... Uh, that wouldn't upset me at all. Hell. <laughs> been kind of funny, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have been like, oh, man, Midnight Heat's my favorite of my movies. Why isn't that here? Because <laughs> it's unreleasable. Yeah, yeah. No. It's unreleasable in its current form. Exactly. Just on the website. Yeah, well, I, I didn't mean on for those who haven't seen it. I'm not, I don't mean unreleasable like it's bad. I mean unreleasable like this. Some bitch didn't bother getting any rights clearances for all the music. Yeah, I've actually. Uh, uh, I'm actually putting up the. Uh, uh, Ryan, this isn't just me doing it on my own. Because boy, that might tick off Ryan. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Mitchelly directed Paranoia, and he and I were talking, and I. We're we're putting the the writer's cut of Paranoia up on the the website. Okay, so how how different is it? The writer's cut is different because it's more like the script. The the it's got the sound the soundtrack in there that was in the script, and it's in it's in black and white because the movie was always intended was written as a black and white film. So the the uh, the writer's cuts in black and white. The soundtrack is is uh, is a little different and. Um, there are some tweaks here and there, and okay. people people will be able to see that online. Did you guys get any fights at Best Buy? Because there was a riot at Walmart, and I think Pennsylvania over two dollar waffle irons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Someone God. got maced. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it was it was a customer macing other customers. Yeah, yeah, I read something Jesus. about that. He brought no, no, he brought was, mace I mean, to clear the line out. No, I mean Best Buy was crowded. It was really crowded, but there, I, there were no fights or anything. It was there was a guy trying to scalp a laptop voucher. Yeah, it was scalping scalping vouchers. Yeah, what? Um, they yeah. got this flyer for uh, buying a, a laptop, twenty bucks. Yeah, and it's idiot. Like, um, I've already got a laptop, man, and I've already got paper. I don't need your twenty dollar <laughs> voucher. Um, so uh, so yeah, we went there. We went to the mall, and uh, that was. Uh, we went to the mall because I needed an external hard drive, and they've got a Radio Shack at the mall. But of all the places, you would think, because some stores were open in the mall, and some, you think, out of all of them, Radio Shack would probably be one of them that was open, but it wasn't. Ooh. So Radio Shack wasn't open. Hot so we, Topic was open. Yeah, Hot, to- <laughs> hot Topic was open. <laughs> Jesus. Make sure to get your Team Edward shirts at midnight. <laughs> then we went to Wal- we went to Walmart, and that wasn't too bad. We got into Walmart just fine. Yeah. The McDonald's across the street was hopping. Yeah. But yeah, yes. I haven't I haven't talked to you since I saw Breaking Dawn, have I? No, I've talked to Jillian because I did a WTF with her, but I've not spoken to you since then. Yeah, that was so bad. And I know some a few people have said to me something like, "Oh, yeah, what did you expect?" And pfft. And I'm like, no, this one was bad. The others were bad, but they were just like trashy romance, whatever. 
This one was bad. You've got to go on. You've got to go on YouTube. The scene of them talking to each other. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I, I the thing when I was talking to Jillian, you know, obviously by now I don't think it's a spoiler to say what you do to her in the in the video. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. she told me like two to three shampoos later, she's still got glitter dandruff from that. Uh, there's still glitter in the back seat of the car. <laughs> And on the porch, and on the driveway. Yeah, yeah You'd think your blood just... would be the thing on the porch, but that's just My me, boy, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I got shot. If somebody on somebody on that got the glasses said that the video proved that I'm an abusive husband. <laughs> <laughs> Are they confusing the Brad on camera character to the Brad at home person? It must be, and and also it's like also it's like, hey, I'm the one who got shot. Right. <laughs> you kind of had it coming, Brad. <laughs> uh, yes, I guess I did. I mean, after milk and cookies, you had anything coming to you that she gave to you, dude. <laughs> she shot me, but she lets Brian live. Well, you know, <laughs> right. he threw the apple pie at her, at her or the thing of applesauce. Applesauce, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> How about some warm apple pie? <laughs> that was. That was fun. I, I thought that was fun to do. Oh, can, I, can I ask you a behind-the-scenes thing if you want to say it on the air? Yeah, go ahead. How many takes? Or did she get it all in one? Well, uh, essentially one, but with a couple of cuts that had to be put in. It, it goes, and there's a part in the, There was nothing that she really had to redo, because we, we, we couldn't. I mean, really, it was we, we really couldn't redo anything. We start out. And it goes, and then it's uh, part after the pies, and there's a part where she grabs some of it off of her, some of the shaving cream off of her shirt, and throws it out the window, and almost hit man. And she kind of saw that out of the corner of her eye and started laughing. <laughs> so we're like, oh, okay, so that's that's when we threw in like that the light goes out. I was just about to ask, is that where the edits are when the lights go out? Yeah, it is. Because the light, the light goes out, and it, which worked because that that looks like it's a throwback to which it kind of is, but at the same time it covers up a cut to to like the summer videos because the lights always went out right at and the ten minute mark. It, it goes again, <clears throat> and we throw the glitter on her, and then she in character she she gets mad and leaves the car, but she forgot about the hose. And I'm standing, I'm like, honey, you forgot, I'm supposed to spray you with the hose. She's like, oh, son of a bitch. So she gets back in the car, and we do the light thing again, and then she gets sprayed with the hose. <laughs> so really, it was all, there was nothing that she necessarily had to redo. So, but, but yeah, there, there were a couple of cuts thrown in. People do got to say, though, Jillian was a real trooper about all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah she was she a real was. trooper. Well, the worst part of it was uh, that she was she was really cold when we when uh, when she shot the uh, stuff uh, on the porch with me getting shot. <laughs> it's still, <laughs> it was funny. I mean, you seem to have gotten a great response out of that that Breaking Dawn video. Hey, I, I look forward to those movies coming out. I was <laughs> I was scared to do some silly video on the site in regards to those movies. That was one thing I was really disappointed about with that was. Uh, the movie at least is because I've seen all those dumb movies on midnight screenings because it's funny seeing them on a midnight screening because the audience is so stupid because the audience is made up of swooning teenage girls that are about to pass out and you know have their first orgasm and so but this audience that we saw it with with Breaking Dawn 
was like most mature audience I've been to at a midnight screening for <laughs> the entire year. Like they were silent, they were well behaved. They were into it, Brad. I don't think they were. <laughs> I really don't think they were. I think we got the one screening that I guess the adults were at. Like, I don't know. It's like, damn it! I wanted there to be like the teenagers, like fainting or whatever, like oh, and, and like cack- cackling at the screen and whatever. Because because that's funny in itself because it's so stupid, and also because it, it Jillian gets really mad when that happens. Well, does it disturb you a little bit? That Breaking Dawn is the number one movie in the world right now and is breaking worldwide records? Well, I mean, you know, that's sad. It is. <laughs> but I can't say that I'm necessarily PO'd because I expected that. You know, I, I knew this thing was going to make a ass <laughs> money. So it doesn't shock me in any way, shape, or form. I mean, it's it's certainly sad, but... It doesn't. It it certainly doesn't surprise me. On another note, do you remember Wizard Video, Brad? Oh yeah, of course. What about you, Jared? I think I've seen a couple of videos. Uh, Wizard was an old label. It, it it actually is a lot of big boxes. Yeah. yeah, it's actually what would eventually become Empire, which would then become Full Moon. Yeah, it, it was Char- yeah. it was Charles Band's label. One interesting thing he he's he's got a new collection out called Full Moon Grindhouse. And I just got two more of them in the mail today, so I haven't had a chance to watch them. But Mutant Hunt and Film Gore. Oh, I've seen Film Gore. That's the oh, one wait, host. I have, a, I have a copy of Film Gore. I yeah. have a copy of that downstairs. Yeah, that's the one with Elvira that just basically Are you takes about the, the, the Elvira. Yeah, yeah, the Elvira one. Yeah. And then Did you show me Film Gore. Cause... No, I didn't show you Film Gore. Film Gore is a, it's like a compilation type thing. It's hosted by Elvira. It shows like clips of like Driller Killer and stuff like that. Hmm. Uh, and then Mutant Hunt, I, I give Charles Band a lot of credit. You know, in the late 70s and early 80s, he really was on the ball about being a brilliant marketer, I think. You know, when yeah. Full Moon started in that. Wizard was putting out all these tapes like Mutant Hunt and uh, Headless Eyes and things like that that obviously were shot basically either for drive-ins or for video. Yeah. And to get around that, to make it not look like, oh, these were just cheap, you know, shot on video movies... Yeah. He came up with the brilliant ad campaign too gory for the silver screen. And <laughs> that's why they could only appear on video. Brilliant. That is just no the anyone who's under thirty doesn't understand when these were new, that was a brilliant, no pun intended, eye catching campaign. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So people like Charles Band and Lloyd Kaufman, they really were doing ten times the business of some of the big studios because they had such inventive ad campaigns. Oh, totally. And people just seem to forget that. Like, like you you brought up, you mentioned comp tape on film gore. I've got tons of comp tapes nowadays. Yeah. I, I bet, I bet, like my son who's eighteen, that doesn't mean anything to him. I've got. Let's see, a film gore, and I've got terror on tape. Uh, terror on tape. I, terror on tape was basically a sales reel for continental titles, though. Pretty much. And, uh, there was. You remember when they tried doing that with? I think what was it? I, I, I boogeyman. I think is what it was called. Yes, that, in the in the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like clips of like Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth. It. I. It was basically. I like the the other ones better because the other ones had like. Hosts and stuff, and host segments, and the Boogeyman one was just 
Like, it took them five minutes to just throw some clips together, and they weren't even the best clips they could have used. Well, uh, I got I to gotta hand this to Corman. New, New World, or maybe it was New Concord at that point, but they did one called Invasion Earth, The Aliens Are Here. Yeah. That was actually a comp tape and a movie at the same time. Oh, that's cool. It was people at a midnight screening of, like, you know, 12 monster movies, and aliens are invading during that, so you've got all the clips of the, like, Godzilla films and Corman movies built around all the new footage of the aliens taking over this movie theater. Hey, could, uh, could Space Mutiny be considered a comp tape of Battlestar Galactica? <laughs> no, I consider that stolen, because from what I've heard, they did not have the rights to those. <laughs> So that's not a comp tape. That's just taking footage. You know, you know what's great. This is uh, the idea of this movie is a, uh, a midnight showing, and, and there's uh, uh, kids in a theater. I was going to say, meanwhile, there's one one friend that's stuck watching a kids movie in another. Yeah, <laughs> Jake and Jared are in it. <laughs> they're bringing hey, and they're loving bringing, the hell out of it. They're bringing back the uh, for December uh, the midnight releases. Yeah. So. Uh, Jake, like the night, the night that Sarah and I are seeing um, Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes, or seeing Sherlock Holmes, uh, uh, Jake and I think Irving are going to see uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, why do you do that to people, Brad? Someone's got to go. <laughs> There's one where I don't know what I'm gonna. Do. I don't know. There's one weekend where it's it's two movies and it's Sitter and New Year's Eve. Uh, you don't really want to see either of those, do you? No, I don't. I guess I'll see The Sitter, because I, I, I don't want to see either one of them, but I guess I would rather watch The Sitter than New Year's Eve. Yeah, because New Year's Eve just looks completely pointless. Yeah. Well, let's get back to comp tapes, because there's a couple of things I wanted to, and I'm sure Brad will agree with this, uh, with uh. me, is the whole point of comp tapes back then was, people have to remember... Video to buy a new tape was like forty-five to fifty dollars, and we're talking eighties dollars. I disagree. <laughs> and, and, and so, to get basically all of the good scenes of all these movies, you could get all that for twenty bucks from some low-end company like Wizard. Oh yeah. And, and then people look at it today like another one that that Charles Band released was called Famous TNA, and it's just one of those hour and twenty minutes of boob and ass shots of famous chicks from movies that he owns. You know, when that came out in 1982, when that came out in 1982, that was probably a really good seller. He was the original Mr. Skin. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And it's hosted by Sybil Danning in quote-unquote all-new footage. Nice. Where she's basically reenacting Tarna's getting dressed scene from Heavy Metal. Slowly putting on the leggings and then the armor on one arm and getting a... She's basically reenacting the getting dressed scene in heavy metal. Nice. And that's before Sybil Danning started to sag in places. Now rub suds all over my daughter's boobs. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I feel like I loved those comp tapes because, you know, you'd have to rent a dozen different movies to get the same scene so you can get them all in one movie. That was really cool in the 80s. Now they're just pointless as hell. But, so, yeah, I've got Film Gore and Mutant Hunt to watch. I haven't seen Mutant Hunt since I was a kid, so I really have no clue going into that whether I'm going to like that or not. Brilliant. (laughs) But I looked at it. The movie's only an hour and 13 minutes. Well, there you go. I went, holy crap, is that short. 
That's 23 minutes longer than Bat Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, uh, have you seen Smoker from 1983, the porn? No, I haven't. I just downloaded that. I I haven't seen that one. I've heard that that's another one of those ones that probably the cinema snob would like. It's one that got a lot of critical acclaim. Oh, I'll check it out. Yeah, Meanwhile, uh, on her computer, Sarah has a copy of uh, Tosh Porn O. Oh, my God. <laughs> nice. I haven't, I haven't watched it. Nice. Leave it to the porn industry to always come up with the new innovations. And I don't just mean technology. Hey, and, and also, like, I was just happy that it has a porn title. Tosh exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not, not Tosh.0, oh, the porno. Tosh.0, a triple X parody. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I, I wanted to ask, have either of you watched American Horror Story? No, yeah. I haven't. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm like five episodes behind. Uh, if you, if you want to talk about this, you should talk to the birthday girl, of my, uh, my girlfriend Tracy. Well, uh, I, I, just have, I just have a quick question. I, I who made Bram Stoker's Dracula, Brad? What company? Oh, what company? Was it 20th Century Fox? I don't know. I can real quickly Google it or something. You're talking the uh, Coppola one? Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, the Sega CD. Yeah. <laughs> because there, there's there's a American Horror Story takes place in all a bunch of different timelines. It's full of flashbacks and whatnot. Yeah. And in one flashback, every time they go back to this era. They are playing the Dracula music from Bram Stoker's Dracula. The exact uh, uh, score. And I'm wondering, is that like a stolen thing? I mean, this is on FX, so this isn't low budget. Or uh, no, is it something actually, they would have the rights uh, to? That's not the first time that happened. If you remember the pilot, they were playing the the whistling tune uh, when the uh, from from Kill Bill when the kid was walking through the um, uh, walking through the halls of the school. Yeah, he also plays that in the flashback where it shows him gunning down all the kids in the library. Yeah, so it's... Columbia Pictures. Okay, because I was just wondering, at first I was like, is that the Dracula theme? Holy crap, that's the Dracula theme! Yeah, yeah, you know, it it wouldn't surprise me whenever you consider the fact that, like I said, uh, they use that whistling tune in Kill Bill. Well, that's from... Twisted Nerve. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah that's, that's a kill. That's another one of those Tarantino referencing an older film things. Like a, a friend of mine. Uh, keep in mind, I still have not seen the new, in, you know, Tarantino's Inglorious Bastards. But a friend of mine was. I was showing him some trailers, and there was a trailer for the Killer Shark movie Tintorera, starring yeah. Hugh, Hugo Stiglitz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the first time he put it together. That oh, the guy named Hugo Stiglitz in Inglorious Bastards is an homage to the actor Hugo Stiglitz. Oh, really? I'd seen I'd seen some Hugo Stiglitz movies. Yeah, well, to me, I've never seen a good. He he's one of those ones that a friend of mine, you know, like uh, like Forty Second Street Pete, I think it was. Yeah. Put it if you ever see Hugo Stiglitz in the title, run. He's never made a good movie, even by I Grindhouse liked, standards. I, liked, I mean, granted, I I don't know. I'd go so far as to say this movie's good, but I. I love uh, Nightmare City that he's the star of. Yeah, um, but it's not a good movie, though, is it? Like you just said. Yeah, but do I really want it to be a good movie? The Nightmare Becomes Reality. Because, uh, uh, like... That's the kind of movie I don't want it to be good. I just want it to be fun. And that movie was fun as hell. He was he was in one I saw that it was... It started out like a... Uh, it started out like a... 
Deliverance knockoff, but then it turned into an alien movie. Oh, that's the, the other thing I wanted to ask you. you. The Deliverance knockoff reminded me of this. Another one of the uh, Full Moon Grindhouse movies that was sent to me is White Slave from the oh, 70s. Yeah. Its alternate title in Italy is Cannibal Holocaust 2. Oh, I've got that movie. That movie I have under uh, I have it under another title, uh, Amazonia. Okay, because mine is got the on-screen title White Slave. It, is it is it any good? No, it's not. Is it uh, worth watching? Because, I mean, I've got a review DVD. I kind of got to watch it, but... Yeah, I mean, well, it's not... It's not one. Of, it's not one of the worst of its kind, I, I guess. But it's it's not good. <laughs> it's it's not. It's, it's got a lot of nudity in it. That, actually, that's the reason why I haven't done it on the snob. Is because the main actress in the movie is naked about or topless at least like ninety nine percent of the time, and it would be such a pain to do that on that show. Does the Cannibal Holocaust 2 Italian title even remotely fit? I mean, I know story-wise it's got nothing in common, but could it be like an unofficial sequel, or is it just... In that that it's an Amazon cannibal movie, but other than that, no. I mean, it'd be like calling Cannibal Ferox Cannibal Holocaust 2. I mean, they're both Amazon cannibal movies, but... But Cannibal Ferox is an outright rip-off. I mean, even the director admits he was ripping off Cannibal Holocaust. Well, yeah, there many of them are actually a lot of them are rip-offs of not only Cannibal Holocaust, but uh, I think it's called The Man from Deep River. Yeah, that, but, was, but, that was kind of what started that whole subgenre. But but, but it's just yeah, it's just refreshing to hear him actually admit, yeah, it's a blatant rip-off from the director. Oh, sure, that's yeah, just refreshing. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's a cash. Ferox is a cash in on Cannibal Holocaust, but it's one of those things like. Cannibal Ferox, yeah, they're both Italian cannibal movies, but plot-wise, they're both nothing alike. Well, uh, okay, speaking of that, I've only seen Cannibal Ferox as Make Them Die Slowly. Is that yeah. just an alternate title, or is that an alternate version as well? That's a good question. I've only seen it under uh, Cannibal Ferox. Uh, I don't know if the Make Them Die Slowly copy um, is edited or not. I, that, that I don't I think don't... so, because holy crap... There was a lot of gore, including the penis with the rock, cutting the penis off with the rock and stuff. That's all oh, in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cutting the eye out and uh, chopping Giovanni Lombardi's head off and eating the brains. And yeah, <laughs> so I, I think the ver- I think making the isolation might be uncut, but I just didn't know if like story wise they edited out some of the character scenes or there was I maybe more sorry. scenes or something. That I couldn't tell you. I'm planning on doing that on the show sometime. Another one I was going to ask you about, because keep in mind, I got all these Full Moon DVDs like within the last two weeks, but yeah. Full Moon Grindhouse also sent me Necropolis. It's a 1980s shot on video about like a witch that gets burned at the stake and comes back in like 1984 and yeah. becomes a punk rock queen to try and get revenge on the ancestors of the people that burned her or some weird crap like that. Hallelujah, brothers. That sounds awfully familiar. I have not found one positive review online, but I'm reading the back of the box going, it doesn't sound that bad. Yeah. But then the whole shot on video, I mean, this looks almost shot on camcorder. Like, the video is one step above camcorder video for the early 80s. Oh, yeah. So that's probably what most people are complaining about is just how badly shot it is. <laughs> Get some Chester Double Turner action in there. Oh, yeah. Casio soundtrack. It's got to have better audio than a Chester Novel Turner movie. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh god. <laughs> his movies, his, you can't even hear most. His, most of his movies are like, and that's like key dialogue, right there. You know. Wake up, bitch! 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 Wake up, bitch! Bitch! Wake up, bitch! <laughs> God. So we got we had we had ten minutes left and no topic. What do you want to talk about? Well, today's my girlfriend's birthday. Yay! Happy birthday, Tracy. You do realize it'll be a week old when people hear this, though, right? Well, yeah, but okay. So, so November twenty fifth <laughs> um, is is my uh, girlfriend's birthday, and she's thirty five. And th- and thirty five plus a week when people hear this. <laughs> By the way, she's not really thirty five, but we're just going to say that anyway. <laughs> oh, 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 it's the Peggy Bundy syndrome. Yeah. Haven't you, you know, how old are you this year? 33. Weren't you 33 for the last couple of years? You know, every year Peggy turns 33. I'll start doing that over the next few years, tell people that I'm 29. <laughs> no, so come on. In a month I'm going to be 30. If we all have to be 30, you do too. <laughs> I'm about to be 37, Brad, so screw off. <laughs> well, I was also going to ask you, Blood Rage, you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel for Thanksgiving movies, aren't you? I mean... It, you just can't find any more Thanksgiving exploitation flicks? I mean, there's some that are like... What are you going to do next year? Next year? Uh, I'll probably... I'm sure I'll find something. <laughs> it was with Blood Rage, yeah, it was just... I just went and did a search of horror films, Thanksgiving, and just kind of narrowed down the keywords, and that was one of them that came up, and I looked at it and was like, well, it sounds like the one I did last year. So next year, I don't know. I mean, there's not that many Thanksgiving exploitation films, and some of them are more recent than 1995. Like, I, I wouldn't do Thanksgiving. Well, I wouldn't do Thanksgiving for two reasons. One, it's too recent to... Uh, Let's already did it. Yeah, um, I, I was going to say Phelous did that already. So. Yeah, Blood Rage, it wasn't, it wasn't great. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give this to Blood Rage. Like, the gore was really good. Like, when the guy's head split open, that was, a, that was pretty good. And also... Uh, even though I, I, I'm sure she wanted nothing to do with this movie, but there were moments where Louise Lasser was was really good in the movie. Well, that's one of those things because I'm, I'm not sure about like next week or whatnot. But a future topic is going to be when uh, when Oscar caliber actors are forced for whatever reason in their career to do movies like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you see James Earl Jones in Blood Tide. And yeah. you go, he was in A-list picture, A-list picture, A-list picture, Blood Tide, yeah. A-list picture, A-list... You know, and you just kind of... What what made them make that choice? Uh-huh. Or, or a movie like Tentacles, a Santis film about the, the killer octopus that's got John Huston and Shelley Winters and Henry Fonda and Claude Akins, and you go, how? How did a Jaws ripoff get this cast? There's something I wanted to bring up. I, want, I meant to bring it up earlier. I watched this the other day. Did you ever see the alternate... Talking about Spaghetti Westerns earlier. Did you ever see the alternate opening to uh, Fistful of Dollars? Because I finally watched that the other day. I I haven't seen A Fistful of Dollars since I was a kid. I'll be honest. That's one that I really need to catch up and see again. But you know the plot. Yeah. You know the basic plot of it. Okay, so there was an alternate opening that was shot in 1975 by Monty Hellman for when the movie aired on ABC television in 75 to sort of give it some kind of moral justification as to why the man with no name is doing what he is what he's doing 
And so they shoot this alternate opening that has the man with no name in jail, and he's let out and says, like, the warden wants to see you. Is it still Clint? Is it Clint? No, 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 no. No, it's not. Uh, Clint had nothing to do with this, and neither did Sergio Leone. So a guy, he's walking out of this prison cell, and he's still in the poncho, and his hat is conveniently down far enough to where it's blocking his face. And he's led into the warden's office, and the warden is Harry Dean Stanton. And Harry Dean Stanton is saying to him, like, there's this town full of corruption, and if you want a full pardon, I want you to go in there and clean up this town. That's weak, <laughs> man. That is just weak. It's so weak. And if you're seeing this movie for the first time, you would think that he's doing this to get a pardon from prison, and that makes it much less badass. It, um, it also so, just kind of makes it a little wishy-washy, too. Yeah, so, like... And, and so Harry Dean Stanton is asking him questions, but he can't answer them because it's not Eastwood, so instead he just nods. And he's <laughs> holding the cigar, and a couple of times it uses stock footage of Clint's eyes, close-ups on his eyes from the movie, and inserts that in a couple of times. Well, Monty and, Hellman came from Roger, the Roger Corman school of make it fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they send him the poncho. It, it's kind of the same design, but it's a little longer than it is in the movie. The, the rest of the clothes he's wearing look, looks accurate. And they, they give him a gun at the end, they put him on a horse, and send him on his way. Which is funny, because in the opening of the movie, he's on a mule. And in this, they send him off on a horse. But it was... I'm watching this, like, really ABC television. That was the only time that version ever aired. It was just once. Well, look at the Super... I think it was ABC also for Superman... That had like an hour of alternate footage when that first aired. Yeah, and they did with Two Minute Warning, the Heston movie. They gave some kind of justification as to why, or they gave a, they gave it a, a silly reasoning as to why the sniper was at the Super Bowl. You watch it on like ABC Television in the seventies, and it shows a bank heist at the beginning of it, and they say, "Oh, we need a distraction so we can get away with these jewels." Uh, you go to the Super Bowl and start shooting people. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, again, weak, man. I know, right? What's so weak. <laughs> That's just... Damn it, ABC television. Well, they did that a lot, sometimes for the better. Have you ever seen the NBC version of The Keep? No, I haven't. It's actually, I mean, it, yes, it's missing the swearing and it's missing the violence, but yeah. it has a different ending that's actually better than the theatrical version. Oh, right on. And that only is the NBC TV version. Even the syndicated version is just an edited version of the theatrical. Yeah. And so you kind of go like, well, NBC specifically requested, I I think it was like a less downbeat ending or something, but I can't remember because I haven't seen it since like 1984. But I just remember that ending working so much better. Right on. I'll have to to look for that sometime. I've got a VHS of it somewhere. Actually, sorry, I have a beta recording of that. Hell yeah. I recorded that on beta back then, lying around in my basement somewhere. I got to transfer that. Very cool. I got to transfer all my old betas. The, on, <laughs> the only ones I've transferred uh, were a bunch of old Outer Limits off of PBS, yeah. and then the Garfield Halloween special from like 1985 with all the commercials. Oh, right on. Because there's no way I'm getting rid of that. Yeah. Screw yeah, you. I've That's got a awesome. Funny tape downstairs uh, that I taped off of. Uh, TV in the in the 80s that still has the commercials on it. Oh, I've got lots of stuff. I've got again, I these are bootlegs, but I don't know how somebody got them. Two episodes of classic Star Trek 
1967 with the commercials. No shit. No shit. <laughs> it, 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 it's got a commercial that is so sexist. It is so funny. It could only have come from the 60s. That's awesome. I love stuff like that. It's it's one. Okay, imagine this. When when I first got this, I worked at Channel Two. Imagine like literally 30 guys, almost the entire night crew, huddled around a little black and white monitor in tape ops, watching this thing as I just had gotten it in the mail that day. Yeah. You know, we're just watching the Star Trek episode. And then the commercial shows like a wife doing stuff around the kitchen, you know, putting dishes away and whatnot. And it goes, do you feel tired and run down? Perhaps it's because you're a woman. <laughs> Is your housewoman on the fritz? It, it, the thing was like, for, it was for <laughs> like a... Good firm slap on the behind. It, it, it was for like an iron supplement or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it was just, we all just were like, oh my God, that would never have been allowed on the t- on TV even in the <laughs> 70s. You couldn't have put that on TV even in the 70s. That's a 60s thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you've got Vincent Price hawking some candy I've never heard of called No Jellies. Yeah. It's just, hello, I am Vincent Price. It's like, I'm yeah. When I when I think <laughs> of when I think of candy, Vincent Price isn't the face that comes to my mind. <laughs> So yeah, I've got two episodes of classic Star Trek with the 1967 commercials, and I have no idea how somebody recorded those. That had to have been a very rich person to have the equivalent, because basically only TV stations had that kind of recording equipment at that time. Yeah, maybe it was somebody from a TV station from back in the day. It it might have been, because I mean, trust me, these are like sixth, seventh generations, so you know they're not even good quality, but due to their rarity. I consider that a really nice, rare find. Oh, hell yeah. I'll have to make you copies of those. That would be great. I love stuff like that. I wish, oh man, I wish I still had all of my tapes that I taped uh, back in the day that would still have the commercials on it. Like, I remember being upset when my dad, because my dad, I think it was uh, 85, for the longest time, the tape we had of Goldfinger. Yep, yep, you you told this one. Your dad taped over it with the the original release. Yeah. (laughs) Damn it, Dad. It was great because it had a TV spot for uh, for Death Wish three on it, and he taped over it. Well, I, I, is is your dad still alive? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, your dad needs a good punch in the shoulder and go. That's for Goldfinger. He won't even know what you're talking about, but you will, and that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we got to go. Next week, I promise we'll have an actual topic. This week, with you know, we're recording this the day after Thanksgiving and whatnot, and I didn't have time to come up with anything, honestly. <laughs> Black Friday, Black Friday, gotta get down on Black Friday. Good night. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm cutting Jared off after this. <laughs>
Ani.